And we're live back again. Let's go. Man, it is hot, but hey, we got some heaters we're going to be going over today. I am the Macho Fan, Sandy Ravage. And right uh, next to me, on the other side there. I'm Heel Hugs, and I do things here. I am also a part of this. Uh, but we are going over the greatest SummerSlam moments and matches of all time. Like you said, WWF, WWE. Unfortunately, AEW does not have SummerSlam. We do often talk AEW on the podcast, but not today. Mm-mm, not today, but we might be going talking over some AEW stars. Oh, that might be an interesting thing here. I feel like we're going to have a lot of the same moments uh, because there's only so many, you know, but we have not discussed this beforehand. Mm-mm. We're just going to throw it out there. Yeah. But before we jump into it, I want to make sure to, uh, you know, push our sponsor, which is my merch store, basically, is that's how I get money from this. <laughs> ProWrestlingTees.com slash HeelHugs, Teespring.com slash stores slash HeelHugs. It's where you can get stuff like this, this uh, hot Heel Club t-shirt, and uh, other things of that nature. Perfect. And make sure you are following <laughs> TTWF TikTok Wrestling Federation on TikTok. That's where we host all our promo battles. Where we have a lot of fun and entertaining matches. We are filling up our SummerSlam matches, and then we're almost finished with that. But stay tuned for the conclusion for that one, guys. Yeah, that's going to be the hottest part of SummerSlam is our TTWF matches that are going on because it's been lighting up for a while, and these final go-home promos have been super good. Um, so let's jump into it. SummerSlam. I, I want to talk about some of my favorite moments of all time, and then I also personally want to declare one SummerSlam the greatest SummerSlam of all time. Okay, I can definitely put that out there. I was going to say, are you prepared to also do this? I am prepared, but I'm going to throw one back at you. Because you know okay. how we have a Mr. WrestleMania, Mr. Shawn Michaels? I want to class a Mr. SummerSlam today, too. So oh. I'll give you the greatest SummerSlam. You give me Mr. SummerSlam, and we'll be rocking and rolling. All right, I'm down with that. Well, if you could start us off with uh, one of your favorite SummerSlam matches or moments, what would you have to pick? If you're just throwing one out there, what screams SummerSlam to you? My favorite SummerSlam match of all time. I'm going to throw it out there first off, and that is the first ever TLC match with Edge and Christian versus the Hardys versus the Dudleys. I just watched that match again today, as I do every year at SummerSlam, mm-hmm. because it is one of my introductions to real like Hardy boys and everything, because I was – Sure. WrestleMania 17 and on, and like they were just they're so young then. But this is like the moment where it like sold me. And I was doing flips on the trampoline through tables at 55 to 15 through 20 through yesterday. And so it's just <laughs> one of those matches where uh Bubba Ray Dudley falls through four tables. You see yeah. Lita come in and interfere, the buildup for it, and then Edge and Christian still able to maintain it with that dastardly win at the end. And so like it's it was just one of those matches that all around, all the great teams were able to pull off all their great moves. And it's just a high-flying spectacle match the entire way through. Stole the show. Sure. Well, hands down. And the TLC matches, I mean, all of them are classics. Um, people talk about it all the time. It is actually such a classic that I knew it had to be on your list, and I did not put it on my list. Just because I knew that you would have it. Um, <laughs> I feel like this might be a little bit of a theme. Because I'm an old school wrestling head. And I feel like I'm probably going to have some of the older moments and matches from like 90s wrestling. Now, this actually was all stuff. A lot of these were from before I was even a fan. Um, But when I was a kid, I loved watching wrestling. So I would just go watch the old pay-per-views from what I would get. Um, 
but there's a couple I'm torn to jump at first, but there's one that I've mentioned a few times on the podcast already. It was from SummerSlam 1996, I'm pretty sure. Um, but it was The Undertaker versus Mankind in the Boiler Room Brawl. I'm almost mm-hmm. positive. I have my years on here somewhere. but It is 96. Uh, it is 96, okay. So we uh, we had The Undertaker versus Mankind in the Boiler Room Brawl. I talked about in the cinematic match. Uh, what's a cinematic, what's a gimmick match. It is one of the moments just that sticks in my mind of wrestling in general, let alone SummerSlam. Also, you have the cool moment in there where Paul Bear turns on The Undertaker, gives the urn to mankind after betraying uh, who's been his guy for years, you know what I mean? And as a kid watching that, it was just, it's blown me away. And now we're talking 20 years later, more than 20 years later, and I still talk about it all the time. Yeah, it, it is one of those great matches, too, because it was one of those first matches, like we talked about earlier, like those first matches where you're like, oh, my God, they're fighting all over this arena, and then it comes mm-hmm. back to – and like, it was just a spectacle all in itself that encapsulated everything. And the betrayal. Uh, the betrayal. And the betrayal, all yeah, there. the storyline of it, because yeah. it led to the future storyline, too, of him bringing Kane in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go – I'm going to actually go old school, too, because I'm going to go the very next year, okay. 1997. This is going to bring the little heartbreak in there. Stone okay. Cold Steve Austin versus Owen Hart, the pile driver. Yeah. And I do even though that. Stone Cold was able to finish the match and able to still get it, it was just still that, that one pile driver broke his neck and changed his career forever. Changed his career. I also think, like, Owen took that very hard from everything I've yes. ever read about him. Uh, he took that very hard because the hearts, of course, very dedicated to being safe wrestlers in the ring, kind of known for that style of wrestling that they're very, very safe and also make their opponents look great. Um, Austin finished the match. I have air quotes for the people that are listening, but uh, it was a rough one. It was definitely, yeah. you know, it looked like he was pretty much out of it as he rolled up Owen. Um, some of Owen's best acting of all time <laughs> as he tried to like, Pedal kick. I don't know if anybody's seen it, but it's it's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, definitely one of the main moments that I remember. Not necessarily the match, but that pile driver because they showed it. it. And they showed it. And they kept going back to it because it became a big thing. And mm-hmm. it, even years later, um, when they did WWE 2K16, Stone Cold Steve Austin was the storyline, and that was one of the very first ones you do as Stone Cold is get your neck broke by Owen Hart. Uh, and this is just tragic, but he was able to still have a very successful career in WWE. So it's not like it really hindered him. But man, could you imagine if he was able to have a full healthy career? If we could say that about a lot of people, though. Exactly. Neck injuries seem to be the big one. Neck injuries yeah. and concussions seem to be the ones that well, when take you're out taking these world. bumps and all this stuff. Right? Yeah, I can easily understand it. Exactly. But it is pretty it is pretty uh, cool to see how Austin came back from that because, yeah, I think 97, that's prior to a lot of like I think that's prior to corporate champion and yep. all that, you know, like he he had a lot of good runs. His run with the uh, angle was after that, too. Um, I think I'm going to go back even further. Oh, Let's man. go back in time. I'm going to go SummerSlam 91. I literally have like a Jeopardy board of moments. Like, so okay. if you see me looking down, if you're watching this, I just have all these moments written down because there's so many great moments. SummerSlam is one of the main four. So it's like, and it's been back. going on since the 80s, yeah. late 80s. Yeah. 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 I think was the first one. Um, but we're going to go to 1991, where it was the Mountie versus the Big Boss Man, and the loser had to spend 24 hours in a New York City jail cell. 
and oh. I'm the cover, and at the end of it, they are pulling off the Mountie, like taking him to jail. And just as a kid, I probably watched it in like the mid nineties, but I remember watching this on VHS and just being like, Oh my God, that's so good. They took him to jail. Like it was such like an epic moment. So it was a mark when I watched it and it's just, it was such a cool moment. I love it. The Mountie. So okay. okay. I'm going to take a little branch off from there. Uh, top three. WWE arrest that we've seen on television? Um, Probably all Steve Austin. I would say Steve Austin's <laughs> one of them. Probably Triple H and mm-hmm. then Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch so is... Becky Lynch, Charlotte, and uh, was it the Ronda one where they all busted yeah. those cop cars up? That yeah, was a really was good that. one. That was super cool. Um, I'm trying to think of who else all has been arrested because there's been so many. But just as soon as you say someone getting arrested, my mind it's immediately goes to Austin. Just because I feel like it's happened more than one time. And it's oh, just yeah. my immediate reaction is like seeing all of the police trying to get Austin, uh, you know, away in handcuffs. Yeah, those are great times. I, I mean, I definitely couldn't recreate it unless you had the right character because the way reason it works so much with Austin is it was so believable. He's drinking on TV. He's flipping people off. He was doing everything at the time. You'd be like, no, this has to be off the screen. And so at this point, someone's not wearing a mask. They're going to bring out the cops. So, For sure. 100. I'm trying. Uh, now you got me messed up. Now you got me like, who else has been? I'm like, there's got to be like a deep cut. But I feel like the Mountie getting arrested is the deep cut. So Yeah, that is, that is the deep cut. You brought it out. That's what brought it to my started, head. It started with the deep cut. So and what do you go with another deep cut there? Okay. Um, let me see. I'm trying to remember what year it was. So I'm looking at my Jeopardy board. You might know the year more than I do, but it was Undertaker versus the Underfaker. 1994. It was 1994. Uh, that's was right. Brian Lee. It was, it was it was Chicago. Yeah, it was in Chicago. No, was it Brian Lee was the other. I think it was Brian Lee was the other. Chains. He came back as Chains. Yeah. I don't remember his real name, but yeah. The Underfaker. I just love that match is because they teased the under the way they brought back the Underfaker was like they teased it as the Undertaker and then you saw him. And you're like, no way. This isn't it was kind of like when they did with Mordecai. It's just like yeah. it kind of was like just so off-putting. And then you, you when you finally get the payoff of the Undertaker does return, and it's only a six-minute match, but he just comes and just squashes him like the Undertaker does. Paul Bear gets that's another one where Paul Bear was uh where they're still together and then Ted Diabisi gets put away with the Undertaker and then we never see him again and so it was just it was just one of those great Undertaker moments where fun little gimmick match one of those things that just had more lighter side like something that we probably if we got a Roman Reign versus the Moman Mains right now it probably wouldn't work but Undertaker it would have it did I just had to look this up because this is actually a feeder to one of my favorite moments of all time. I don't know if you watched um, the Royal Rumble match where this happened, but it was Yokozuna versus The Undertaker in a casket match. And Mm. they had Yokozuna, they had like the whole, um, what was this thing called? The million dollar, whatever, corporation or whatever. Was it the court? No, it wasn't the corporation. It was whatever his group was. Um, Anyway, it was all the million dollar man's people. And they all jumped. Uh, Undertaker, and I think that's when he broke his face. I think that's when they did the face break. But he disappeared, and that yeah. million dollar man 
found the new Undertaker, like this fake Undertaker. Um, but I, as a fan of spectacle, seeing someone who you're like, you had this 90%, you know, as a kid watching it, I'm like, is it, that's, that's not him. Is it him? That's not him. Like, you know, he like. even got tattoos though to match yeah. Taker because they knew it was going to be something that people would look into. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that was primetime Brian Lee. He was Chains. He was also Bulldozer. Um, but I remember like he was bigger in the indies back then. And I thought he was cool. Like I found his indie work because of being the fake Undertaker. Um, okay. But yeah, that was a huge moment. I definitely love that. So that was actually next on my list. So because you went <laughs> so, old school on me, that was next on my list for sure. Hey, I got some old school there too. Why don't you, um, bring, an old, why don't you bring a new school one on me? Because I know there's a big one. There's a couple big ones in the new school you would love. Well, if I'm going to go to love. Well, I kind of hate to love this a little bit. If we're going to go there. I don't remember what year it was. I didn't write the year on this one. But it was Finn versus Seth. So like 2017, 2018? Yeah. 2017. Yeah. The, the championship match where they. The first ever universal championship match. Yeah. And Finn won. It was such a great moment. Such an amazing match. The two of the greatest wrestlers out there right now unfortunately ended with Finn, you know, having to forfeit the title as soon as he got it, um, you know, and, and having an injury, but luckily he came back from that injury. Not everybody comes back from their injuries. Um, so it was like a bittersweet thing. The match itself, phenomenal. Uh, but of course, Aftermath one of the best me. entrances from uh Finn Balor, like that mm -hmm. Demon King entrance for SummerSlam. It they made video games based off of it, like, yes, yeah. it's, it's basically Dark Souls 4 at this point. Like, it was just amazing, <laughs> cinematically yeah. great. Um, and then the whole match as a whole, I agree, like, they literally left it all on the line. And sure. Finn Balor paid an arm, and not a leg though, but just an arm. They uh, set hey, the bar for what the universal title would be, though. It, that's what I was going to say. They literally set the bar to where it be, and we've seen greatness come from the universal championship for the most part from what we've seen. So it was a great start for where it was. It's basically just like the start for the undisputed title in which we resaw The Rock versus Brock at SummerSlam 2002. Mm -hmm. that, that was, was an amazing moment. Yeah, just like because Brock's finally – like. His major, I don't remember his, his real debut. I think he had a, like a, a TV debut before that, but it's one of his main debuts on a pay-per-view. Brock Lesnar versus the great one, the people's champion. Uh, I believe it was only like a nine or 10 minute match, but it was just something that just blew the doors off. And it, was, it worked. You, yeah, it worked. And is two of the greatest of all times. And people hate Brock Lesnar, but especially Brock at that age, he had all the power and the charisma. Even though he didn't need to speak it, he looked intimidating enough to not have to speak it. For sure. And, I mean, it kind of set the tone for what Brock Lesnar would become because let's be completely honest. You can put Brock Lesnar in there with anybody, but if Brock Lesnar puts on a great performance with The Rock, it's like instant main events. No matter how how large of, like, larger than life or like you think your main event status is, if you can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with The Rock and actually pull it off and make it work, like you're an instant legend. Yeah. And then, even, and then for The Rock to even eat the F5 and then take the pin, and then mm -hmm. just to start the reign of the youngest universe, or what was he, he the undisputed champion at the time. And so, but yeah, it was, that's another moment that one of the first pay-per-views our parents actually bought for us. I remember <laughs> that moment too, was that so it was 2002. Because before we would have, it was, you know, like I was a kid. And so like usually spending 60, 70 bucks on a pay-per-view, a one-off, 
that we didn't really have a VHS recorder, so we couldn't record it. Mm -hmm. And so it was finally at the time where I was like, no, please, please. And it was my birthday present was to get SummerSlam 2002. Wow, you just unlocked a memory for me that's not on my list. Hold on, let me look this up real quick. Hold on, let me make sure that that's what this was. Um, But you just kind of unlocked a moment for me. I think this is what it was. Give me two seconds. It is what it was. No, it wasn't. Maybe not. I don't have to think about it. I'll look into this more in a minute. But so I'll jump into my next one. I have to, I have to research what this moment was. I'm not sure which year this was. Um, but to go back to 97, okay? Okay. I want to talk to you, or I want to talk to you about Triple H versus Mankind. And it was absolutely the most insane match. Uh, it was a cage match where Mankind comes off the top of the cage. Super good. Super good. Actually, yeah. this was 98 was Highway to Hell. This is the year that I was thinking about. Was SummerSlam 98 was one of the first ones my parents ever got for me. Really? Yeah, SummerSlam 98. Because I remember the Highway to Hell theme okay. for, for SummerSlam. And that's what it was. It was 98. I saw it on the poster finally. So. Okay, perfect. So 98? Yeah. Or are you talking the- about... You're still want to talk about the Undertaker versus uh, or uh, Mankind versus Triple H. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying that memory that I said you had unlocked for me was my my parents, my dad buying me SummerSlam 1998, and just finally I saw the poster and saw Highway to Hell. I was like, yeah, that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Mankind versus Triple H cage match 1997. Two guys that at that point in time you would not have known. I, I love looking at Rocky Maivia Triple H matches too. You would not have known that they would become the legends that they are. Uh, Mick Foley, of course, a little bit more established at that point because he had done, you know, he'd had and a long fresh from ECW. Exactly. And, you know, he had worked in WCW. I mean, so did Terror Ryzen or whatever, but um, more of a more of an established career already than Triple H. But like that cage match, I remember throughout my whole childhood, that was one of my favorite matches of all time. And that was, I don't remember if it was one of China. I just remember China being such a dominating factor in that match. And she yeah. just kind of put her on the map as being that not just the, I'm not just the valet. I'm not just the pretty girl. I literally can make damage happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. Let's see. I believe here. that is the one where China went ham. I'm like trying to look through stuff as we're going through this. Because well, like, China became a factor in all the, because Triple H, I believe, fought with Mankind or at least Mick Foley, like, throughout the 90s a bunch of times. Because I remember in uh, I believe yeah, it was 90... Even in early 2000. Yeah, and yeah, even in like 98, she low blows uh, I believe Mick Foley and then DX when during the DX run um, during the Rock and Sock match. Uh, there's a few times where China... China was just a factor, and she gets slept on. Absolutely. China just needs to be rated higher among all the women cool. wrestling. Question then: yeah. What is your favorite China moment? Oh, man, favorite China moment? It has to be uh, when she won the Intercontinental Championship versus uh, freaking name. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett. Uh, I, and the main thing, her entrance too. That's the one when she just comes out with the pyro. I believe that was the uh, WrestleMania match when, during the uh, women when she won the women's championship. When she comes out with the gun and just starts shooting it, there's that gift that goes around. That's one of my favorite yeah. gifts to use too. Um, but when she won the Intercontinental Championship, it just kind of what I feel like it, she's the Charlotte Flair before Charlotte Flair. It's just like someone who looks like she can hang with the guys can actually hang with the guys. And that was a moment where she could actually prove it. 
I believe in, in her time, she bridged the gap between someone like Luna Vachon and the current women's division. She was like that mixture. But my favorite China moment, hands down, it was, I believe, from a WrestleMania, uh, Triple H versus Goldust, where she ragdolls Marlena. Like, I can't even, I can't even explain. But uh, Terry Runnels, she grabs her and just shakes the living hell out of her. And I think they even referred to it as ragdolling her. And she just destroyed her. It was one of her earlier appearances. Um, and she just, like, crushed Marlena. I thought that was the coolest stuff ever. Like, oh, my God, this is the greatest woman ever. <laughs> yeah. And, and you can't forget, like, the women or the DX moments where she just stands there and they're making the women jokes. And then they're just – China's just right there. It's just they were just She's trying not to laugh, and they're trying to get her to laugh so hard. Like, those moments are iconic, too. Sure. Yeah, um, but I'm going to go to a moment that's another heartbreak moment for you. I'm sure okay. it is. We're going to go to SummerSlam 2011. Okay. CM Punk powerbombed by Kevin Nash after winning. I believe he beat John Cena. And then, uh, then there was a little cash-in that happened. Yeah. Alberto Del Rio's reign begins. I was a big Del Rio fan too, though, so that was very hard for me. But it was it was definitely something that tore me. I wish it wasn't Nash. I'm a huge fan of Nash. I wish it wasn't Nash. Yeah, it, it, he kind of came up out of nowhere. For there's no real storyline even when that happened. Um, he just kind of just popped out of the crowd and boom. Uh, I don't. I was gonna ask you. I didn't know because I wasn't a super fan during that year. I was in the middle of college and going through all that stuff, so I was kind of watching leisurely. Was there any behind the scenes that CM Punk like cause any heat with Diesel or anything? Like, because that so, was literally out of the blue. If Kevin Nash was going to be mad at anybody, it should have been the dude that did his dye job before he came back. Because that, I don't know if you <laughs> saw like what his hair looked like. But yeah. I, when he was in TNA and he had the gray, like the salt and pepper, I was like, that, he looked cool. But like when he put that like greased black all in him again, I was like, dude, you're not 30. Calm down. Yeah. And, but I know they did some cheesy storyline where Triple H just called him in just because. And it all felt like really half-assed. I don't know if there was anything behind the scenes necessarily. But I remember thinking it was – exactly. And I just thought it was such a dumb storyline. I loved Del Rio, though. But I didn't like that. Yeah, and so that was just one of the moments I remember watching that SummerSlam and then just being like – because I was kind of frustrated, too. Because I was like, CM Punk's supposed to be the guy. Like, da 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 I was never like a massive CM Punk fan. Like I kind of been open about that, just because I was at that time where he came in at the time where we just got through seeing like the likes of Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton, John Cena, and now I'm supposed to believe it's CM Punk. Um, and so, was, and then he every time they gave him the Daniel Bryan treatment, and every time he would get his upins, they just take it right away and just take it right away. And so I kind of was just fed up with it after that. Uh, but it was one of those moments where it's just like you're gonna give the guy and then just rip it apart. Like you can't let the uh, faces win all the time. And so exactly. Just, but one of those iconic moments that we can never forget in SummerSlam history. One of the biggest sure. cash-ins in yeah. Money in the Bank history. I'll agree with that. Um, speaking of title wins, though, I'm going to take you back again to SummerSlam 1991. Brett versus Mr. Perfect for the Intercontinental title. Uh, I don't know if it was Brett's 
first IC title win. It may have been his first IC title win. But that match, Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect, you don't even have to talk about it. As soon as you say those two names, people just know it was a great match. Mm -hmm. Uh, Phenomenal match. As a kid, I loved technical wrestling. I got more into, like, the talking part of it later when I was, like, you know, not a mark anymore. I got more into that side of it. But as a kid, Bret Hart was my jam. I love Mr. Perfect, Benoit, Guerrero, like all the dudes that were the hardworking workhorse characters. And that match was probably one of the greatest matches of all time, technically. Yes, I would 100% agree. I have that match on my list too, as well as the following year where he faced British Bulldog in London. Just because... I'm going to work. We can jump into it right now. Then we are getting halfway through the show. I want to go over our Mr. SummerSlam. Um, Cause I halfway point, my Mr. SummerSlam right now is probably going to be Brett, the Hitman Hart. He was one of the people that just took what SummerSlam was in the early stages and made it a nationally known event. So if we're going to give it to anybody, we have to give it to the person who was able to, I believe he was, well, he lost his very first one just because of the tag team, but he's four and one at SummerSlam. So, He's got a pretty good record there. I'm going to have to go that Mr. SummerSlam is the same as who I think the real Mr. WrestleMania is, which is The Undertaker. Undertaker. We've already talked quite a few moments. 94, Undertaker versus uh, Undertaker. 96, Boiler Room Brawl. 97, Bret Hart. 98, Stone Cold. Like, he's had, I think, 2008 versus Edge. He's had so many phenomenal matches over the years. I mean, it's kind of hard to say because every pay-per-view is an Undertaker pay-per-view. He's like the greatest of all time when it comes to, to putting on spectacular, like spectacular matches. I 100% and agree. I, mean I that- cannot argue that. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, another honorable mention I have to say, just because he's undefeated at all his SummerSlams, and we didn't even really talk about his matches very much, Ultimate Warrior. Mm-hmm. Who was debuted at a SummerSlam and won his first Intercontinental Championship in 30 seconds. And so it was, uh, but I mean, hey, he's just undefeated. Just a fire and pan was Ultimate Warrior. I love Ultimate Warrior, and I also, like, disliked Ultimate Warrior. But I was glad he had his moment, you know, at the end before he passed coming back and having his kind of, like, resurgence and all that. But Ultimate Warrior, I don't know. I, I love his music. I love his entrance. I never really liked watching him wrestle. Did he wrestle? I thought he, he just really ran around, clothesline, clothesline, yeah. body splash. Pretty much, yeah. That's exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It's what we see from a Brock Lesnar match nowadays, so. For sure. Um, I would probably have to say, though, Bret Hart would be my my runner-up as Mr. SummerSlam. SummerSlam. All right, perfect. Um, So So let's go over some – go ahead. I was going to say, do you want to get into what what we think is the greatest SummerSlam of all time? I I don't have a greatest of all time, but I do probably have a top three. So I was going to just go back and forth with you on those. All right, you go first on this one. Um, I think we'd be remiss if we don't talk about 1997 because uh, with 1997, there was when we had the the Triple H Mankind Cage match. Uh, we had the Bernard Undertaker match. We had, um, we had um, Owen Austin. Um, I think that's all like the big ones. But as far as I go, oh, and Goldust Pillman was another one that was on that card, which was really good because their storyline, I think, was that the GTV storyline? I don't know if you watched back then, but I think that was the GTV storyline was Goldust versus Pillman. Yeah, Um, but I think that's one of the greatest of all time. 97, that was, I had that one on my list, so that was going to be my third one too. Um, But 
I will let me see if I can pull another one out here because I do. There's so many. You were saying there's not a lot of, but I feel like there's just so many out there. Um, let's go over. We haven't talked about it yet. WrestleMania 2005. That had a lot of great moments, and it was capped off with Hulk Hogan versus Shawn Michaels, and probably one of the funniest oversell matches of all time. But it wasn't meant it was, to be. That's why it was so cringy. It wasn't supposed to be a funny oversell match. But it just that's just it just builds up to the fact that how much Shawn Michaels is just such a diva when it comes down to the grain of things. It's just like real, and then how much Hulk Hogan is just even more of a diva that is just okay. like, okay, I'm gonna stiff him out, like. Yeah, I'm know, like, you like, can't just throw that at Sean, dude. Hogan not well, yeah. putting over Sean is ridiculous. Put the two of the biggest divas in the biggest match, and then they go for 21 minutes just flopping. One of them is flopping over the ring. The other one just standing there just enjoying every – thinking he's king of the world. Uh, but it, was, it wasn't even just that match because we had Batista was one of the top of his games back then uh, where he beat JBL. John Cena and Jericho. You had Randy Orton and Undertaker again. And another, uh, that was, oh no, that wasn't the other match. And then and one of my favorite storylines was when Edge stole Kurt Angle's medals. And then it was capped off with Kurt Angle beating Edge at this pay-per-view here. Uh, SummerSlam 2005. And so that was just one of my favorite SummerSlams of all time. But I would put 97 above it. But since you already brought that one up, we're going to throw 2005 in there. I like that one. I didn't have a top three, but I do want to go back um, to what I've already been talking about. I, I guess the, the next one, I could do a top three. But for my, my next one, i probably go back to what I've been mentioning quite a bit, which is SummerSlam 1991. Okay. So with SummerSlam 91, we had that, uh, that moment with the big boss man versus the Mountie. Um, in there, we had the Legion of Doom defeating the Nasty Boys. I don't believe that was the the motorcycle entrance though i believe that was 92 was the motorcycle entrance i think that was going to wembley yeah uh, i think that was the wembley one too the yeah motorcycle was the wembley entrance yeah so then we had hogan and ultimate warrior versus colonel mustafa general adnan and sergeant slaughter this is when they had started that gimmick of like sergeant slaughter was like the turncoat um we also had virgil defeating Ted DiBiase for the million dollar title, which back then was like the hugest upset victory of all time. It was like the ultimate like underdog baby face win over this dude that had treated him like garbage this whole time. Uh, that was, like I said, the Brett versus Mr. Perfect match. Also, that was the on-screen wedding oh, of Macho oh, and Macho Man. Yes, it was for uh, that was a. I love that moment too. I, I had that moment I was going to play on TikTok because I had that moment saved in my drafts. One of the best mm -hmm. moments in all pay-per-view history. Just so loving. And they have a song together. It was just so beautiful. That's a good that one. Good. That's a good one. That's yep. a very underrated. I didn't even think about that card. I'm telling um, you, it's so good. You don't you don't hear a lot about it, but when I name all those matches, you're like, oh, that's kind of a banger. Yeah, that, that actually was a good banger there. Um, I'm going to go with my next one. I'm pulling it up here. I'm trying to find out what year it was. Um, you know what? Let's do it. Let's do last year's. I was actually a big fan of last year's 2019 SummerSlam, mainly because it was just uh, – it had Seth Rollins just with the defeat of Brock Lesnar again. Uh, I don't believe – is that the one where we had to give him the low blow? I don't care. People give him trash for giving him the low blow or kicked him in the groin. It's Brock Lesnar. 
that's kind of the only way Brock Lesnar is going to allow you to let him go under. And so, but he was just able to stomp him out like three or four times. It was just a complete chaotic. I think it's the longest Brock Lesnar match we've seen in the last five years too. But not only that, we saw Finn Balor's the or uh, Finn Balor go against the Fiend for the first time, uh, and then kind of take we saw like the character build, and that was really what really sold it for me. Seeing the Fiend's first entrance coming down with the fireflies out, it was just an epic appeal, just like how Finn Balor's was for when he won the uh, Universal title for the first time. Kind of a nice little passing there. And then that was when Kofi Kingston defeated Randy Orton. It was kind of a shady win with a double count out, but kind of just maintained summer Kofi, baby. Oh, you're yeah, muted. For sure, dude. Yeah, sorry about that. For sure, dude. Um, it had a lot of great moments, and it fed in. See, the thing is, like, I've always looked at SummerSlam as, like, the WrestleMania, like, the second WrestleMania. Yeah. And that really had that WrestleMania feel to it. I think that's one of the, the pay-per-views that has definitely lived up to, at least where I put it in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, what, like, just random question. Mm-hmm. Where do you rank the top four, like, the big four pay-per-views? Well, obviously, WrestleMania is number one. Before the usual, like almost every year, WrestleMania is always number one for me. And then it would be SummerSlam, uh, or no, Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series. Royal Rumble's always two. I love just the concept of a grand Royal Rumble. I, some years, it's Royal Rumble, then WrestleMania for me. Oh, I would agree like, some years. I, I just, well, it's just because, like, I like the whole idea of the mystery of it, the, like, surprise element of, like, when they come into the ring, if people are going to come back. Um, yes. but then it goes time and Survivor Series. Survivor Series used to be my favorite when they did all Survivor Series matches, where it's just random people tagged up together. Thought that was super cool. Um, so for my number one SummerSlam of all time, SummerSlam 1992, it has to be the Wembley one, in my opinion. Has to, yes, it has to be. You had the most iconic SummerSlam match, I would say, of all time. I, I don't think anyone could say. There's a more iconic SummerSlam match than Davey Brett because it still gets talked about today. Um, you had The Undertaker versus Kamala, which is actually a really good match, probably super underrated. But you had Ultimate Warrior versus Savage for the world title, and he loses in a count out or he wins in a count out. Like, yeah, it's screwed over. Um, you had a really good match between Rick Martel and HBK, which was super good. And then what we had talked about previously, which was the Legion of Doom. Uh, and they had gone on to face uh, Money Inc., which I'm a huge Money Inc. fan as well. Mm-hmm. They had that epic motorcycle entrance coming down the like long uh, entryway into Wembley, and it was like the coolest moment. Yeah, I would have to agree that when you break down the card like that, that is there is a lot of great matches there, especially a young HBK. You see him, I believe that's the year he wins the Royal Rumble. He won that Royal Rumble that year, didn't he? Or is it the? Oh, uh, not that early. No, uh, he went maybe it was ninety four to like ninety seven or something. It was. I think it was, I thought it was ninety four, ninety five, maybe at that. Oh point. yeah, because anyway. he won the belt. Yeah, he won the belt around that, but it was a ninety two. Yeah. Sure. Okay, but that was but still early in his career, seeing all that, and then you're right, like uh, that match, that main event match with uh, um, Brett and Davey was just one of the all time best of all time. So I cannot agree or cannot disagree with that. However, I am going to disagree as the best of all time because the best SummerSlam of all time, we kind of mentioned it earlier, is SummerSlam 2000. We've already talked about how it was the first TLC match which stole the show, but we yeah. saw Shane McMahon and Shane Blackman go to the top of the Titantron and Shane get beat down and drop, what, 30 to 40 feet through some tables down there. 
Yeah. Kane and Undertaker and that no sanction, disqual- no disqualification match <laughs> that was just like ended with them just brutally beating each other. So it was a no contest. Uh, and then it was the Rock versus Triple H versus Kurt Angle and uh, Triple Threat, where Kurt Angle was still, I believe it was his first main pay per view, was that was around right then. Would have been around then, yeah, for sure. And so uh, just, that was just a stacked card with people who would just continue to reign for dozens of years. I want to, I want to agree with you, but like, I just, it's because I'm old. I'm old. I know you are. Well, like, I wasn't even a fan in '92. Like, I wasn't watching in '92. But it's just, man, like, it's just so iconic. It's just ridiculous. But I think I might have to say 2000 was better. Yeah, let's go. I That's might good. have to Where agree with you. you. Also, good. I'm embarrassed to admit that just now, um, I remembered in '92 was Ric Flair. Ric Flair won the WWF championship then because it was for the vacant title was who won the Royal Rumble was the, the WWF champion. Oh, so that really? Was oh, wow. Uh, okay. Shawn Michaels won in 95. 95. Okay. That makes sense. I knew because I remember it was early on, but like I said, I didn't become a real wrestling fan until 97. So anything before that, I was, I was have to pre-watch. Austin? It was Austin. Okay. Yeah. Um, that was the year Austin won it and then like went on to win and just reign because 96 is when he won King of the Ring and then the Rumble and then from then on. I'm looking through to see what else uh, that I kind of want to just get through here real fast. Uh, just do some quick honorable mentions if that's cool for the stuff that hasn't made our list because yeah. I'm kind of saving this. Um, it's not the birth of Suplex City, but it kind of is. Okay. One of my my favorite one of my favorite John Cena matches, not because he looked particularly good. He actually didn't look very good in this match. Kind of get his ass handed to him like hard by Brock Lesnar. Super Ooh, good. Yeah. Brock started the suplex domination in that match. And the whole idea of like suplex city came from that match, which then at WrestleMania 31 when he faced Roman is where the catchphrase suplex city bitch came from. Okay. But like, this was the precursor. This was the the beginning yeah. piece of it. Um, and I just love the fact that Cena just ate it. Like he really put Lesnar over and showed to me that he was a team player. And he also got so much sympathy for me because it looked like he, he was catching elbows that looked like were real elbows. Yeah. And Brock was, has that way sometimes of just looking too heavy. For sure. Um, do you have any other moments you want to talk about? Because I have a few I'm, more matches and moments. I have a behind-the-scenes moment that kind of went uh, oh. under the radar. Yeah. It was at last year's, uh, I believe last year, 2018 SummerSlam, uh, Goldberg versus Dolph Ziggler. Was that last year or was that uh, – that was 2018. Back in 2018, Goldberg versus Dolph Ziggler. Right before Goldberg goes out to face Dolph Ziggler, he bumps into Matt Riddle, who has bro. been calling him out, bro. And so that SummerSlam moment, it didn't come out at SummerSlam. It came out in the WWE Chronicles months later. But just seeing the fact that Matt Riddle saw the under or Goldberg versus Undertaker match at Saudi in Saudi Arabia, where it was just like a botch fest, Goldberg has concussed, it literally looked like crap. And Riddle was live tweeting saying how bad it looked. And Goldberg just says to him, like, yeah, we could have been cool, but we ain't cool. That was long gone. Uh, was like, Sorry, bro. <laughs> I just cannot wait for that. Just the connect. And then Matt Riddle versus Goldberg 
is a match that we are definitely going to see. I can guarantee it. Goldberg has two more matches on his WWE contract. Matt Riddle's on SmackDown. We might see it this weekend on SummerSlam 2020. I'm calling it now. Is that your is that your call out match? Oh, all right. I'm gonna do a call out match. Edge is gonna come back and he's gonna face Christian uh, in there. We did TLC first ever at SummerSlam match, so now we face each other in a concerto match. Jeez, that's almost better. That's almost better. I don't know which one I want to see first. Um, I want to go over a couple real quick, like just lightning bolt things here. So the iconic ladder match between HBK and Razor Ramon from WrestleMania 10. Mm -hmm. I had okay, that on my list. also had a SummerSlam ladder match that is just as good, in my opinion. It doesn't get as much heat or like as much uh, renown, I guess, as the WrestleMania version, but it is every bit just as good. Uh, and I think it's one of the greatest ladder matches that holds up today. I think mm -hmm. Shawn Michaels, like, who would be Mr. Ladder Match? Jeff Hardy or Shawn Michaels? It has to be one of those two. SummerSlam 2020, Jeff Hardy versus Shawn Michaels. Ladder match. Ladder match. Let's go. There you go. That would be legit right there. King of That's, the ladder match. I don't know if we can top that. I don't think we can. Um, However, it would be funny because Jeff Hardy is 0-5 at SummerSlam matches. Yes. I saw you posted a video today. Isn't like Edge like 11 and something? At... 11 and 2. That's crazy. So, so he he's the real Mr. SummerSlam. Yeah, he's technically yeah. the real SummerSlam. Um, one of my favorite matches from a SummerSlam, uh, just jumping into it real quick because I talked about Cena, Cena Styles from 2016. Okay, uh, AJ yes. Styles, Cena, great match. Nothing really to talk about too much about it other than it was one of my favorite SummerSlam matches of all time. And then a great SummerSlam moment was Triple H screwing Daniel Bryan. You wanted to talk about CM Punk, Triple H screwing Daniel Bryan out of the title. And yes, and is that the RKO the RKO cash in? Yeah, yeah. That I had that. That was my last one on my list here. I'm I'm kind of looking through because you. Uh, oh no, that was a uh, when I was trying to think. Oh, maybe that was the later one when Roman Reigns or not Roman Reigns when uh, Brock Lesnar went up against Daniel Bryan. Yeah, but that was a different one. What um. What are your thoughts? Are you? Is there any matches that you're excited going into the 2020 SummerSlam? That and there's really only one. Over? Okay. And it is Sonya Deville versus Mandy Rose and the hair versus hair match. Mainly because it's one of those gimmick matches we don't see very often. I thought we were going to see it with Andrade and Ray at SummerSlam either last year or the year before with the hair versus mask match. Uh, yeah. And it's just one of those fun matches, especially with female superstars. Like, who's going to shave their head? I believe it's going to be Sonya Deville, but Mandy Rose j did just get a trim. So it's one, you just, one of those matches that someone's really going to lose something, so I can't wait to see what happens. The last great time it was used was Vince McMahon, and then right before that, Kurt Angle. I was there when Vince McMahon got his head shaved. WrestleMania 23, by really? the way. Really? I witnessed Donald that. Trump? The Battle of the Billionaires, yep. I was, like, hella close, too. It was super cool. Um nice. I like that. The reason I like that match, like we had talked about this, that I haven't been watching a lot of SmackDown lately. I've been catching Raw and just for some reason not been catching SmackDown. But I did see someone posted on TikTok a video of Bailey making fun of Manny and saying like, hey, you stole my haircut. I'm going to steal your man. And it's her and Otis in the gym. And she's like rubbing on his muscles. And he's like, that hey. Funny. <laughs> I love that. Um, 
what I am most excited for, I am a tag team wrestling enthusiast. Out of anything else, uh, I've always loved tag teams. That's why I'm such a Bret Hart fan. I'm a Hart Foundation fan. Um, and I love the Street Profits nowadays. And I love, even though I don't like them as a team as much, I like Andrade and Angel Garza. I'm really excited for that match. Um, I'm hoping that Andrade and Angel break up, but I wouldn't mind them getting a tag title run before they do. Um, the only thing I would say is those Street Profits have been so dominant and they've held the titles for so long that it would be, if they're going to break up Andrade and Angel, I would hope they wouldn't take the titles and break up. Well, the fact that Kenny Omega and Adam uh, Adam Page are about to break up with their titles, I believe WWE is going to do that too. So I believe the titles are going to change hands this weekend. And we got a kitty sighting. Yeah, hey. kitty. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, if you listen to the podcast and you don't watch the podcast, you're missing out on all this classic floof. But Sadie is a SummerSlam uh, fan. She was born in the summer last year, so of course she loves SummerSlam. Sadie actually named after Daniel Bryan's child because her name is Sadie Bird. So like Birdie. So oh, I, uh, oh, no, that's a different song. Never mind. Break some news here, but that's a different story that we don't need to break on this one. Fair enough. Um, trivia question. One of my cats is named after a wrestler that has been named in this podcast as one of the best matches to occur at a SummerSlam. Comment down below if you think you know the name of my cat. I don't even know this. I think I actually do know this. It's such a random question to ask, but it's deep heel hugs trivia. <laughs> if you get it, we might send you some merch. So guess away. Yeah. Or at least like heart your comment or something. Um, but I feel like this would be a good enough place uh, to call it for the greatest SummerSlam matches and moments. Is there anything you'd like to add before we finish off here? I, I do believe this, this just might be the greatest SummerSlam recap moment show of all time. I'm, I'm going to say time. that right now. I think, I mean, I'm pretty sure we got it in the bag there. I do. I do too. I don't think anyone what, else is competing with us. What other podcast has the star power of the macho fan himself, the CEO of TikTok wrestling, the greatest TikTok United States champion of all time. Sadie knows. And I couldn't do it alone. I have to go with the most dominant force on all of TikTok, the leader, the king of the titans, the heel club's leader, heel hug, bam, right there. And make sure you pick up that merch. Oh, there we go. That's where you can get started. Uh, also, make sure if you are going to hit us up on social media, use hashtag KOTK for Keepers of the Kayfabe and tag Macho Fan Sandy Ravage or MF Sandy Ravage on some things. I don't know which on ones. Twitter, which. just because sometimes yeah. it's too long. Oh, hey, that's never a problem. Also, make sure to tag at Heel Hugs. Make sure you subscribe to Heel Hugs and Macho Fan Sandy Ravage on YouTube because that's a cool thing to do. And if you enjoy it, make sure to subscribe to this podcast or whatever you're listening it on. Click the things that mean you like it. We'll have another episode soon. I have been Heel Hugs. I am the Macho Fan Sandy Ravage. Whether it's real or fake. We are the keepers of the kayfabe, and we will keep the kayfabe alive. Love you guys next week.